Welcome to The Irony of Beauty, a weekly podcast hosted by skincare experts Fiona and Rose. They love a good chat and sometimes a heated debate about all things skin and nutrition, calling out scaremongering, misinformation and misleading marketing in an ever-confusing world of beauty and wellness. Please note the information provided is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace qualified medical advice. Well, Rose, it's January. We're in 2024. Um, We're back at it, back at the podcast. And it's that time of year when, well, not only is it really hot and muggy, let me tell you, um, everyone's making New Year's resolutions and New Year's goals. And, you know, I'm walking around the supermarket seeing people fill their trolleys with rubbish actually from the health food aisle and clearly these people haven't got a clue and they're they're thinking they're being healthy and I'm thinking hmm maybe we should do a podcast on just a general healthy eating tips and and wellness to help people on their way because there's a lot of influences online at the moment giving dietary advice that's in my opinion completely incorrect and it's driving me insane. Um, so we're doing that today. But first of all, tell me, have you got any New Year's resolutions? Well, I've set myself a few goals this year, but personally, I think I would like to fine tune um, my eating myself as well, because I guess being a busy person, I tend to not eat as well as what I could. In that sense, what I mean by that is not eating enough eating at the wrong times of the day because I'm so busy and so booked out. And I do hear this a lot from clients as well, um, you know, with, with their days and what they're doing. You know, no one's really eating the way that they should. Everyone's a bit confused. Do we fast? Do we not fast? Mm. Um, going down the healthy food aisle in the supermarket. Yeah, okay, I can buy that because it's technically healthy, but it's still in a packet. So, you know, everyone's complaining that they're bloated this time of year because they've overeaten. So, I think it would be good to kind of fine tune things for everyone and really, I guess, create more of an understanding of how important healthy food is and how much that helps us on a day-to-day basis with, you know, our mood, um, our energy levels, our skin, our gut, our hormones, our immunity, all of that, which I know we spend a lot of time talking about in the podcast, but I think if we can fine tune what is healthy and what isn't healthy and how we kind of need to really eat to you know, stay energetic all day would be really good. I know. I saw something on Instagram and it was um, influencers with huge following actually and they're like, follow us for diet tips and they've got no nutrition qualifications and they were going big on the keto and I'm like, oh, not the keto again. We're back up to keto. Just like I'm eating really clean. I've been really healthy and then showed a picture of her breakfast and it was bacon and eggs and I'm like, this is really not great to be promoting this because they're completely cutting out carbs Um, Mm -hmm. and I think we may have spoken about that on the podcast before where when you completely cut out carbs it can raise your cortisol levels it can negatively affect your thyroid people are going to get tired it's not sustainable Um, also with the skin when you completely cut carbs out you can start to look really drawn and um, sort of sucked in you sort of lose that when I say puffiness, you just lose that roundness of the face, that healthy glow. So it's not a great idea. And these people are going to strip everything out of their diet, whether it be carbs, you know, people are cutting out dairy for no reason. And then they're going to be back on it sort of a month later. They'll lose weight. It's not sustainable. And then they'll put the weight back on. 
And when I say people cutting out dairy, obviously, if somebody's got a medical reason to do so, if they've got an allergy, they need to cut dairy out, maybe even an intolerance, they may just want to cut it back a little bit or be careful of what they choose. Don't even have to completely cut it out with a dairy intolerance. Um, just be mindful of what dairy you choose. But just to be aware, because people think that dairy is inflammatory and it's actually not unless you've got an allergy. Um, some studies have actually shown the opposite. So it's just about being mindful of what you're eating. You know, there's dairy and there's dairy. And I think we've spoken about this before. You know, if you're eating cheese, really processed cheese on a pizza um, and you're having milkshakes with lots of lots of milk and lots of sugar and, you know, cream and loads of butter and creamy sauces and pasta and processed food with a lot of dairy, it's very different to having a bit of goat's cheese and some um, fresh milk very different. So I think people don't still quite understand what healthy eating really is, even though we keep going back to that Mediterranean lifestyle. So I think something um, that is important is to understand that just going really cold turkey and completely cutting things out isn't necessarily a great way to start the new year because it's going to end up in overeating, binging, or it's just not sustainable. So really looking at what you can increase in your diet, fresh fruits, vegetables, whole grains, legumes, getting more of the good stuff in is probably the best place to start if I could give any advice rather than going, right, that's it. I'm never, I'm never eating this food again. Um, because it's not as simple as that. We need to, we need the balance and the moderation. Yeah, exactly. Um, I have seen some, you know, coming from a skin point of view, I have seen some really good improvements in clients' skin when they do take away those foods, processed foods in particular that are inflammatory, in particular things like your processed, you know, cheeses and, you know, drinking milk every day for an acne-prone skin isn't really ideal. So, you know, I guess it's just clearing up and understanding what is okay and what isn't. And I think a lot of people are genuinely confused um, you know, when I first meet a client, I've had instances where, you know, we talk about diet, which we do in every consultation and they may say to me, oh, I eat really healthy. Um, but then when I get them to tell me what it is they're eating on a daily basis, you can really find, you know, you can really see where they're not educated enough to understand, okay, having bacon and eggs every morning may not be the best thing for you every day. You know, maybe opting for something else that's a little bit healthier would be a much better alternative while we're trying to really clear up and work on your skin. So I guess it's clearing up a lot of that confusion would be really good. Do we cut out carbohydrates altogether? Are we getting enough protein? Are we getting enough good fats? When I'm working on a client's skin, I can always tell if the skin is deficient because the skin does not look the same. It does not look healthy. It's transparent, um, very reactive, very thin, very dry. So I can always tell if a client is deficient in some sort of nutrient um, that the skin really needs. I don't know what that nutrient is because that's where people like you come in. You have to do the proper testing. But there is definitely a place for people, I guess, to be a little bit more educated and understand how do we need to eat on a daily basis to stay healthy? What do we really need for our gut to stay healthy, for our skin to stay healthy, and then get the best results from treatments as well? So I think if we can clear that up, you know, it would be really good. I've got some questions that I'd love to ask you as well, which I know that my clients would want to know the answers mm. to too. 
I think when it comes to cutting out food groups, there are some people with things like eczema um, that do find that cutting out things like wheat sometimes and cutting out dairy can be really beneficial. So it is an individual mm. thing if they have got um, issues with their, their skin. When it comes to acne and dairy, there is some evidence to say that dairy, and it's the amount of dairy, remember, and it's particularly milk where the studies are, when they're they're consuming milk um that may be worsening acne um because it drives the the igf1 um but it depends how much they're having so just having a little bit may still be fine but if they're having more than a cup sometimes um that may be an issue for some people. It's not everybody with acne. Um, it tends to be more the hormonal acne. But if you've got acne from, um, let's say, you're using a product that's causing congestion on the skin, cutting out dairy completely isn't going to make any difference whatsoever. So you've got to, first of all, find out what is causing that problem and is milk a trigger? Can you have some or is it when you sort of get to a tipping point and have too much, that's when it causes a problem? The only time I've really seen dairy be an issue with acne is when people, were, they were literally drinking a lot of milk. Um, yes. And these were right. teenagers that were, were sort of drinking from the carton of milk um, and having a lot of it and even just cutting it down actually did help. But when you're looking at the dairy, what type of dairy is it? Are they having a lot of processed food? Yogurt doesn't seem to be an issue for acne. So it, it's, and again, let's look at what type of yogurt. Has it got a lot of sugar in? Well, that's not going to be good for acne either. Um, so just making blanket statements like cut out dairy, we've got to go a little bit deeper and, and sort of delve into it a little bit more. Um, also, you know, different foods will be problematic for different people. So some people will say, I don't care what you say. Whenever I have dairy, I broke out. And that's fine if you know what your trigger is. Other people, it may not actually be the dairy, but they've read a lot online and heard a lot of things and they may be having, you know, a lot of dairy and charcuterie boards and wine at the weekend. And it's a combination of all of that because you've got We know that processed meats are potentially inflammatory in the body, but nobody talks about that. Um, Processed meats Mm -hmm. are actually a carcinogen. Um, So if you're having a lot of, you know, salami and charcuterie boards and you're having bacon, that is not a great food to be eating all the time. Sausages, all that type of stuff. Nobody talks about it. Mm -hmm. Um, Are you having a lot of refined carbohydrates? Refined carbohydrates hydrates all the evidence and in my experience hands-on as well a diet high in refined carbohydrates is way worse for acne so before you take the dairy out let's look at the refined carbohydrates and that would be things like white bread white pasta noodles cakes pastries all of that type of thing you know they're having a bagel in the morning what are what are they having it's a combination of the diet it's not just about cut all carbs out because then people get scared of whole grains and they get scared of fruit and vegetables and they're the things that are going to actually help our energy and they're going to help our skin and our gut as well and people hear carbs and they hear dairy and then they just go oh I've got to cut it all out and they don't really understand um it's a lot more Actually, it's a lot more complex than that. But refined carbohydrates, we know for acne, um, are definitely the worst thing 
And we also know refined carbohydrates can affect our blood sugar and will be the worst thing as well for pro-inflammatory skin conditions. So if someone has a lot of that in their diet, and let's face it, a lot of people do, um, that's not great. But it doesn't then mean to say you've got to go completely carb-free. just means swap out to whole grain options. Exactly. And I think the key word here is the individual thing, Fiona. Like it's understanding you know, that person on an individual level as well, because there is no blanket rule. Like you said, you know, what may, what suits one person may not necessarily suit the other person. Everyone's got their own individual triggers. But when we're talking about refined processed foods, that just basically goes, that's a non-negotiable. But there's things that, you know, I, I did see these women in the supermarket I mentioned earlier and that they were overweight. Clearly they were on a health kick and they wanted to lose weight. That's my judgment of them, but it, that's what it looked like. It looked like they were on a mission in the health food aisle, yeah. talking to each other, going, oh, look, let's get these. These look healthy. And there were things like cauliflower chips, basic uh, veggie chips, um, protein bars, and they were filling their baskets up with all of these things. And none of these foods, even though you find them in the health food aisle, they're not healthy foods. Chips are chips. They're made from vegetables, but they're, they're still deep fried. Um, it's not a great way to get your veggies. You, you want to eat veggies as veggies, not as deep fried vegetable chips. Um, you know, they're like cauliflower puffs broccoli puffs. So because they've got the word broccoli on there, people think they're healthy, but they're not. They're basically like corn chips. Um, and then the protein bars, they're, they're full of, you know, sugars, emulsifiers. A lot of these things are actually higher calorie than having something like a, a Mars bar. Yes, there may be more protein in there, but they're still really high calorie. So if you're just eating these thinking you're being healthy, you're not basically. Mm -hmm. And so it's important to understand that. And I know I harp on about things like coconut yogurt all the time but it doesn't have the protein in it um so that's going to have an effect on you you want protein to help maintain blood sugar and these alternative plant alternatives don't necessarily have the nutrients that you would get in the whole food um same with oat milk everybody's drinking oat milk at the moment right and i've got a real issue with oat milk because people don't understand that um Oat milk is really high carbohydrate. So you're basically drinking starch water, um, very low protein. It's got way less protein in it than you would have from dairy milk. And if you don't want dairy, go soy is your next um, nutritional equivalent, if you like. And I actually drink soy milk because I don't like the taste of dairy. I have mm -hmm. a little bit of cow's milk in regular tea, but my main milk of choice if I'm having a coffee is soy milk. Um, and that's because it's good source of protein. Um, it's actually low, lower carb as well. But your oat milk is really high carb. That's what it is. It's, it's got way higher carbs than any of the other milks out there. Low protein. Um, so it's a bit like having a couple of slices of bread every time you're having a oat milk coffee and people don't realize so because it doesn't have the protein when you drink oat milk it's going to give you a real spike in blood sugar yes. and I see I see therapists saying to their client don't have dairy because you've got acne have oat milk and I've just said avoid the high refined carbohydrate when you've got acne um, is it going to make any difference very lightly probably not um, because you're still going to stimulate that blood sugar response and potentially IGF-1. So this is the stuff that, you know, people see online, oh, this is healthy, I'll swap to that, but it's not necessarily. 
So that's where people need to be very careful. Um, if you're lactose intolerant, there's um, milks out there that are lactose free or the A2 milk is very digestible. If you want a milk that's plant-based for um, an acneic client, if you like, then I would actually go either a soy milk or the um, almond milk. But almond milk really doesn't have much nutrition in it at all. It's very low calorie, but it doesn't have much in it. It's sort of almond water, but it's not much protein because um, there's not much almond in almond milk. <laughs> mm, um, yeah, it's not until we kind of really know these you know, finer details about these products that we really think to ourselves, okay, what am I actually doing? If I am having a coffee in the morning and having oat milk with it, and I would have two of those a day, how many calories and extra sugar am I consuming throughout that day? And I haven't even actually had any food. Um, I challenge anyone to fall for four weeks to focus on eating as many cruciferous vegetables as they can raw whole foods. I've tried it and I have never felt as good as what I had when I stuck to that plan. I just wanted to see how different I felt and I crave it now. Um, you know, when I, when I stuck to that plan and had as many raw vegetables as I could throughout the day, um, I wasn't as good with my protein. So I was pretty hungry, but I ate as many raw vegetables and whole foods as possible within that four weeks. I did not eat anything processed at all. And I felt like a completely different person. I lost weight. Um, my skin looked even better. My mood was better. And I craved that food. You know, I still crave it now. I just look for it, you know. I think, you know, vegetables yeah. increasing <laughs> <just> those. <laughs> Well, I do too. Um, increasing vegetables is one of the best things you can do for your gut and your skin. And cruciferous vegetables are fabulous for hormones and for liver health. Not everyone can eat them raw. Some people, mm. um, especially with digestive issues, struggle. And of course, if someone's got thyroid issues, having the raw cruciferous vegetables can be an issue because um, it can affect the thyroid gland. But um, even lightly steamed. Um, yeah can be benefit but that's why also we put in the vitasol in the greens it's got the cruciferous vegetables in there um and it's a really great for hormonal and liver support as well so I'm, I'm all about the cruciferous vegetables in fact i was thinking we should do a podcast soon purely on some of our top food tips for healthy skin and um you know just general feeling great and cruciferous vegetables is definitely there for me. Um, let's talk protein because I was saying earlier that a lot of these plant milks don't have enough protein in them and so it doesn't help to stable stabilise the blood sugar. Um, I don't think people realise how important protein is. And I know when I've really sort of started to focus on my protein intake, I found it a complete game changer. And even just having the protein powder in my smoothie to me, it's been an absolute life changer in regards to energy, my hair. Um, my hair was getting quite thin. It's really helped to thicken my hair out, but also not getting hungry. And I always say to people, mm. if you're one of those people that feels hungry all the time, because people say it to me all the time, I I'm always hungry. What can I do to, to stop feeling hungry all the time? I never feel um, satisfied. I just want to keep eating then I would always say, how much protein are you having? 
same goes for people that get energy slumps, you know, oh, tired, I'm always tired all the time. People that have sugar cravings or after dinner, they want to keep eating or they're like, oh, I've got a, you know, I've got a sweet tooth. I want to keep, keep eating something sweet, sugar cravings. Quite often when I hear that, I'm like, well, let's look at your protein intake because if you're not having enough protein, you can feel hungry all the time, you can feel tired, you get those energy slumps, you can get thinning hair, weak nails, um, fluid retention. So if you're somebody that's very puffy, you get um, you know a lot of fluid retention, might also be a sign that you're not getting enough protein in the diet. Um, and general low energy as well. So it's such a simple fix. And most women in particular that I speak to don't have enough protein, particularly in the daytime. Yeah, protein's a huge thing. Um, skin, hair, nails, made of protein. We need protein to be able to have good quality skin, good quality hair and nails. And no, as women, we're not getting enough protein. And I think the older that we get, the more important it is to ensure that we are getting enough protein. And I know myself when I'm focused on having, um, I've always had an issue, an issue with protein powders myself. I've never found a good one that does not upset my tummy um, and doesn't give me gut issues until I've found Vitasol. <laughs> that has been a game changer for me because that's the first one that I've actually been able to have that I have not had any issues with my gut after having it. And since I've been having that, um, and I haven't been as religious as what I could be, but since I've been having the Vitasol protein powder, um, and that's not a sponsored um, uh, recommendation, <laughs> but since I've been having it, um, oh, it's been a game changer for me, especially working such long days. I don't get hungry. I don't get sugar cravings. I have a lot more energy throughout my day. Um, it's been huge. And Doesn't I it? know, yeah, huge change. Same uh, for me. And we need it. We need it for skin. We need it for hair. We need it for nails, our whole body. And, you know, um, most people can't tolerate the plant proteins very well. And that's because particularly with pea protein, they, they can struggle to digest that. And that's why we used the fermented and the sprouted plant protein. Combine the plant protein so that you're getting all of your complete protein. And I, I want to talk a bit about that because I don't think people understand the difference with different proteins yeah um, and also we did add the complete spectrum if you like of digestive enzymes so digestive enzymes not only to help you digest and absorb if you like protein but you know things like your lactose and the enzymes so we've got lactase in there which helps you with lactose if you are somebody that's not good with dairy products um all of your digestive enzymes to support a healthy digestive system. So that is why we did it, plus the, the prebiotics as well to support a healthy a healthy gut. But the thing with protein powder, um, obviously you can get protein in the diet through the foods that we eat. Protein powders can be a very simple and easy way to make sure you are getting enough protein in the diet if you're not getting enough in the daytime. And I see a lot of women in particular that are having, you know, in breakfast, they're having a coffee. So, hey, oat milk coffee shoots up the blood sugar, not much protein in there whatsoever. Maybe they're having with that a piece of banana bread or a bagel or a couple of slices of toast. No protein in there whatsoever. Um, 
maybe they're having avocado on toast, but there's still no protein, not enough in there. Um, they really need a couple of eggs um, to, to up the protein. If you're having cereal for breakfast, you'll get some protein if you're having regular dairy milk or soy milk. Um, depending on what plant milk you're having, you might not be getting enough protein. If you're having oats, for instance, you might want to up the protein by adding something like a Greek yogurt. That's why I have an issue with things like coconut yogurt because it won't have the protein in it. Um, and most people aren't getting enough protein. So if you have yogurt in the morning and it's a good quality yogurt, then check the protein amount in there. But if it's a, something like a Greek yogurt, which tends to be quite a good source of protein, that would be a good choice. But most people don't get protein at breakfast unless you're going on a hardcore paleo and then they're not getting the prebiotics and the veggies and they're not getting that that balance. And then at lunchtime, quite often that might be pasta or noodles or a sandwich with not enough protein in there. Or a lot of women might do, um, you know, a little tin of tuna, which is actually a good source of protein, but then they're not getting any carbs in there and so they're not feeling full. So it's really important to get that protein in because otherwise you are going to get the energy slump and you're going to um, feel very tired later in the day and start craving sugar and want to start to eat more. So we really need to be looking at sort of 20, 25 grams of protein per meal. And most of us just aren't, you know, an egg's got, what, seven grams of protein. So most of us aren't getting anywhere near that amount. And that's why I wanted to bring out the Vitasol protein powder because it's got nearly 25 grams per serve. And that's why you feel such an energy boost. Um, if you're not getting protein at nighttime either, then again, you're going to start feeling after dinner that you want to be eating something more. So really good sources of protein would be things like fish, poultry, meat. It's what we call a quality protein because it provides usually all of your essential amino acids. Most of the plant proteins if you're vegan or vegetarian, don't have all of the essential amino acids. So unless you're combining things like legumes and grains, and you don't have to do it together, but as long as in the day you're, you're combining things like nuts, grains, legumes, that will give you your complete protein, giving you all of the essential amino acids. But usually the plant proteins are missing certain amino acids, and then you're not getting what we call a complete protein. That's where it gets a little bit more interesting, Rose, because most people don't understand complete protein and what that means. Mm. And what that means is you're getting nine of the essential amino acids. There's about 20 different amino acids, but nine of them are essential, meaning the body cannot manufacture them from other amino acids. So if we're not getting them, it can affect us in multiple ways. So just to break it down a bit, proteins are made from amino acids. So amino acids are basically compounds or building blocks that are used to make proteins in the body. So a protein is basically a long chain of amino acids. Different protein sources will contain different amino acids. And this is why, you know, when people say, oh, you don't eat a collagen powder, just eat protein. To a certain degree, that is true, but you need to eat the right protein to give you the right amino acids to make collagen. And when you consume collagen, it has all of the right amino acids for collagen production. Um, 
if you're just eating um, vegan sources of protein, you might not be getting all of the essential amino acids unless you are very, very careful with your diet. I'm a nutritionist, a qualified nutritionist, and off the top of my head, I wouldn't be able to tell you all of the amino acids in a chicken breast or all of the amino acids in legumes, for instance. I would have to look it up and be really on top of it. Um, so it's not as simple. You've got to be really, really careful with your diet and really have um, diversity in your diet to make sure you're getting all of these amino acids because amino acids, all these different amino acids have different functions within the body right? So for instance, tryptophan is an essential amino acid that you don't get in all food. If you're not getting enough tryptophan, we need tryptophan to make serotonin. Serotonin is going to help us with our mood. So help us feel happy. It's our feel good. Um, it's going to help us with um, regulating our appetite. And it's also going to help regulate our sleep. So amino acids can also help with things like tissue regeneration, energy, muscle growth, um, neurotransmitters, digestive health, hormone production. Some help carry oxygen around the body. They all have different functions. So getting the right combination of amino acids is so very important. And this is why when people don't have enough protein in the diet, you do see things like thinning hair, tiredness we need protein for a healthy functioning immune system you know just basic things like that people wouldn't realize so if you're not getting the right amino acids then it will affect us in you know our muscles our bones our immune system our sleep our appetite our mood our hormones so protein is very very important so for someone that, like myself, for example, I'm so focused on being as healthy as I can because I want, I want to age in the healthiest way possible, have a really good quality of life. How do I know or how can I ensure that I'm getting the right amount of nutrients on a daily basis? Because we all have this incredible information. I'm passing on information to clients. You're passing on information to clients. How do we know? How can we ensure that we're getting the right amount of nutrients? I want to know that I'm eating the best food that I possibly can to keep my body functioning in the best way that it possibly can and keep my immunity up there. What's mm. the best way to know? Is it, do we have to basically rely on supplements or do we eat, need to eat five carrots a day? Do we need to eat five zucchini a day? Like how do we know what we need to eat? It's really about getting the diversity in the diet because what we tend to do as humans is cut things back, right? Yeah. Um, and it's about being as diverse in the diet as possible. And even I'm guilty of this. Sometimes like, oh, my God, I'm eating the same thing again because I go on these little tangents of getting into a certain food and then I'm sort of having it all the time. And I think, no, I've got to I've got to step it up and, you know, have a different colored carrot or, you know, I'm buying beetroot last week because I was craving beetroot. Um, yeah. And we've got it in the, the infinity powder. But beetroot's so good for folate and for energy and for platelets and blood cells and it is such an incredible um food but i'm like i need some beetroot because i've been having a lot of cruciferous veggies and greens but it's i, I need more diversity in the diet so diversity is key and i think we say it time and time again but we know you know at least 30 different plant foods a week is a great place to start i've had people say to me you know 
that was an easy thing to change. And when I started to do that, I noticed that the only thing that I helped to manage my weight, they started to lose weight because they were filling up on the good stuff. So a plant food, vegetables, fruits, nuts, seeds, herbs, legumes, um, and whole grains, Mm. making sure you have at least 30 different types a week. So if you're somebody, for instance, that always eats nuts, you like nuts, buy the mixed nuts and have different nuts rather than always have plain almonds, for instance. If you're always somebody that goes for the chickpeas, mix it up and get the mixed beans or sometimes have black beans, some, sometimes have chickpeas. Have have legumes two to three times a week. I'm going to give you different um, nutrients, different fiber, different prebiotics have different whole grains. Now, if you're gluten-free, still try and get the whole grains in. And you can do that with things like buckwheat, with um, quinoa, those types of things, brown rice. Mix up the different grains. Maybe have different types of bread rather than always have the same type of bread. So it is quite easy to do, different herbs and spices, different vegetables. So if we love the cruciferous vegetables, if you always go for broccoli, sometimes go for broccolini, sometimes go for kale, sometimes go for cauliflower, Brussels sprouts. I'm a Brussels sprout fiend. I also eat way too much cauliflower. So I'm trying to mix it up a bit more because I Mm -hmm. I love cauliflower. It's such an easy vegetable. Um, So trying to get that diversity. If you, if you're eating tomatoes, I've I buy the little, I don't know if you've seen the berry tomatoes and they're all different colors, you know, so you're getting orange ones, yellow ones, red ones. So you're getting more diversity in there as well. So it's quite easy to do, but that can be a real game changer. Every meal you want to be having protein. So if you're not vegetarian, it might be fish, chicken, meat. Um, it might be legumes. It might be nuts. Um, but you need protein at every meal, fish, cottage cheese, something like that, Uh, yogurt, making sure though the yogurt that you're having does actually contain protein because a lot of these plant ones don't. Every meal you must have some protein because what that will do, keep energy pangs at bay, keep you fuller for longer. It will also um, really help with weight management. Do that at breakfast, do that at lunch. So even if it's having nut butter and an egg, you know, with your toast, for instance, or with your avocado, having goat's cheese on top of your avocado and some extra pumpkin seeds, for instance, and an egg. And then at lunchtime, making sure you're having some form of protein, whether it's tofu, chicken or fish, for instance, and beans, mixing it up and every day trying to eat something different. Also having protein at dinner time. That's a really great place to start. I also recommend piling up the vegetables. So the main part of my meal is always vegetables to the point, actually, I might start showing it on Instagram, how many vegetables I eat, because most people would think that would be for a family of four, what I actually have in vegetables, Um, piles of different vegetables on there. And then I'll have a a protein source and then maybe some whole grains or just a little bit though, maybe a tablespoon or two of whole grains. You know, you don't pile the plate up with the grains or the rice or the pasta. That's just a little bit on the side. It's the veggies and the mixed veggies that is the pile on the plate because that way you're going to feel fuller for longer. Um, You're not going to overdo the rice and the pasta, which most people do. You can have it, but just have a small amount mix through all your veggies and have your protein too. When you're getting all your nutrients in, you'll get so much more energy, you'll feel fuller for longer and you won't get the food cravings. 
Yeah. See, when when you explain it like that, that's easy. And I think the best way to go about doing this is when you go to the supermarket. I find this really interesting, actually, because I, I look at other people's trolleys sometimes because that's I'm so conscious. Yeah, because I'm so conscious of what I'm eating as well and what I want to feed my family. Um, sometimes I, you know, get a glimpse of someone else's trolley and I can always tell how they're eating at home because if you see all the packets in that trolley of stuff, processed food, you don't see a lot of vegetables, um, there's a problem. So I think if we can think about when we go to the supermarket or the green grocer or the fruit and veg or wherever we're going to buy our food, think about buying whole foods, fresh fruit and veggies as much as you can and stay right away from those aisles that are more processed. Because I think then when you bring home that shopping, um, you'll be able to get a bit creative about how you prepare your meals. You know, doing your meal prep is also something that I find very valuable. You know, if you organize yourself for the week, do some meal prepping, um, you don't have to think about it. It doesn't become such a chore throughout the week. And that's another way of you being able to make sure, making sure that you're getting enough enough nutrients, um, enough of your um you know, whole foods that we need on a daily basis, you know. So it's just little things like that. I find that really interesting at a supermarket. Absolutely. And if you are somebody that is in a rush in the morning, have a smoothie. Have a smoothie. That's what I do. You know, I put in the the protein powder. I usually, this is my go-to, and this is what I'm saying about where I can be guilty of not having enough diversity because I've I've found the most delicious smoothie and now I want the same one every day. (laughs) And I really need to start mixing up the vegetables. Um. I use frozen mangoes. It's all frozen in the fridge uh, or in the freezer, so it's very easy, no excuse. So I always always will have frozen veggies and frozen fruit in the freezer so that if I don't have the fresh stuff, I go to the frozen because it's it's really nutritious. Frozen mango, I'll do a scoop of the Vitasol vanilla protein powder. Um, I usually do a tablespoon of flax seeds because flax seeds have got the good fats in there. They're fantastic for your bowels and for fiber and regularity as well. If you're constipated, have a smoothie with a tablespoon of flax seeds and I promise you, you won't be constipated anymore. Um, It really is good for regulating the bowels. Um, I normally put a handful of greens. So whatever I've got, spinach or fresh organics, I like um, spinach because I don't like the pesticides on it. Or I'll even put in chopped raw broccoli if I've got that. And you don't taste it, I promise you. You can't you can't taste it in the smoothie. I usually will put in a quarter or half of a frozen banana to make it really creamy. A couple of teaspoons of the Vitasol Flexibility because it's really good for minerals and calcium. I also um, put in two teaspoons of the Purity Green Powder in there as well because it's got extra cruciferous vegetables and herbs for the liver and the gut and ice I then just add filtered water I don't even put milk in Mm -hmm. blend it all up and it's the most creamy delicious green smoothie sometimes I'll spot the mango out for mixed berries and things like that but my favorite is mango I love it and it's great as well but that honestly keeps you going for absolute hours and it is so easy there's no excuse not to have protein and if you have protein in the morning it will really keep you going people literally will tell me my god that's changed my life it's such a game changer to have protein because it keeps the energy levels up and you don't get the slumps and you don't get the hunger pans until later in the day yeah, you feel really good when you start your day like that, a beautiful smoothie in the morning. And you know you're getting all those beautiful nutrients um, and you just feel energetic. I know it's been a game changer for me since I started doing that. I even <laughs> bought a new drink bottle actually, a new smoothie um, 
uh, bottle that I can take to work with me. So it's, there's no excuse. I can drink it in the car on the way to work. It's easy. No. And you know, you've got all your complete protein in there as well. So you've got all of the, that was the other thing with the Vitasol protein, most plant proteins, you know, like a pea protein or yes. a rice protein, they're not complete protein. So they're missing amino acids. And this is why any nutritionist, well, dietitian will always tell you, if you speak to a dietitian, they will say the best quality um, protein powder is a whey protein. Mm. And that's because it's got all of the amino acid profile. It's a complete protein and it's a really good source of what we call branch chain amino acids. Now, the plant proteins, pea protein, rice protein tend to be missing. Like I think rice doesn't have lysine in there, which is an amino acid. And the um, pea protein is missing a different, another amino acid, methionine, um, I think. So you, you're missing certain amino acids, whereas the whey protein um, has all of your, it's a complete protein, but it's particularly good source of branch chain amino acids, which have got three amino acids in there that are particularly good for things like muscle recovery, energy, blood sugar maintenance. It helps, you know, oxygen transportation around the body, um, fatty acid and lipid metabolism, glucose uptake. And that is why sports, and I'm not a sports dietitian, but they often will recommend the whey protein for athletes or people working out a lot. And the plant protein just doesn't have that in there Mm. so I wanted to create something that does have the branch chain amino acids and that does have a complete protein source to rival whey but isn't dairy and that is why you do feel so fantastic after taking that plant protein um because it's those branch chain amino acids that are really good for muscle recovery and regeneration as well yeah I think the um the thing that I enjoyed the most about now being able to have a protein powder um, is the fact that it doesn't upset my gut. Um, and, you know, I've had a few clients that have said similar things. They haven't been able to find anything that's been suitable. Um, you know, since I've been taking yours now, I feel I feel like that it's totally agreed with me and I haven't had any of those issues. So I can imagine there'd be some products out there that would be filled with ingredients that are not so good for our gut to metabolize. Do you think that would also be the reason why sometimes we can have one thing in comparison to another doesn't agree with us? A lot of the protein powders out there are filled with a lot of extra CRAP. Mm-hmm. Um, they've yeah. got fillers, binders, added sugars, maltodextrin, emulsifiers, all of that stuff, which isn't great for people with a sensitive gut. But if somebody is struggling with plant protein, usually, I mean, it could have all those extra things in there but usually it's the pea protein um pea protein does tend to be harder to digest and to absorb so to get around that that is why we added the enzymes and also that is why we had the fermented and sprouted proteins so that it's already sort of partially digested and it's easy to absorb Interestingly, as well, you know, people that can't digest dairy, for instance, very well, if you buy a lactose-free milk, the milk that is lactose-free isn't really lactose-free. It actually has added lactase enzymes to help you digest. Um, 
I don't think people realize that. So they add the enzymes to help you to be able to digest that that dairy because most humans and a lot of us don't have enough of the lactase enzyme to effectively digest the lactose that we find in in dairy. So that's what somebody says when they're lactose intolerant. So if you increase the lactase enzyme, it helps you to digest it. Eliza, yeah. Oh, look, even with the lactase in there, I still, I stay right away from dairy. I cannot digest it. Uh, it's just, I'm completely intolerant to it. Mm. Mm. But that's an interesting fact, actually. Yeah, yeah. But usually you'll find when, when the, the enzymes are there, they are, they're digesting it for you, you know, they're helping you so you, yes. can, you can digest it better um, unless it's like a, an intolerance to something else or an allergy to like, you know, the, the cassian or the, you know, you, you can't cope with the whey. But usually it's a... It's the lactose that people struggle to to digest and they get the bloating and the gas from the dairy. Mm. Misleading information, isn't it? <laughs> I guess so, but it's the way that somebody would then for be able to um to be able to digest it. But yeah, it's really maybe, you know, it's gonna reduce the lactose, I guess. So yeah. You know, the it's the lactase that helps to digest the lactose. So that's reducing it. Um but they don't actually remove it as far as I'm yeah. aware anyway. Yeah. 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 Probably, that's probably the best way to say it. They don't actually remove it. They add the lactase to it to digest. Yeah. To digest. Yeah, that's right. Interesting. Oh, I think we've cleared up a lot of um, questions for people today. I, yeah. I think the main thing is, you know, get your protein in, get your healthy carbs in, don't completely cut out food groups. If you want to go dairy-free, try and swap to something that does have the calcium and the protein in that doesn't have all the added oils and emulsifiers and extra sugar. You've got to be careful with that. Um, even things like soy milk, some of them have got oils and, and sugar in there. I use the Vita Soy extra protein one that doesn't have added oils and doesn't have added sugar. That's a really good one. It's got the calcium extra calcium in there as well. So that's one I tend to have. And I also have A2 milk just in tea because I'm English and I cannot have a cup of tea without proper milk in it. <laughs> it's, not, it's not the same. Um, and just also just think away other ways of energy boosting as well, Rose. Breathing is such a simple thing. And I know we're all breathing, but a lot of us get stressed and we don't take deep breaths and we don't breathe properly and we don't take time to stop and focus on our breathing. You know, it's deep slow inhalations and exhalations can really help to oxygenate and energize the body and actually calm the nervous system and when I was teaching yoga we used to do pranayama pranayama sorry as part of the the class and it was just breathing and it just completely calms the body and I have noticed since I I haven't been doing that as much coming back to the slow breaths has made a huge difference. And if I don't do it, I notice the difference. So, you know, just just taking time to monitor your breath, um, staying hydrated, making sure you're drinking enough water, herbal teas, exercise daily and focus on the diet. That's really all you need to do by increasing all the good stuff can be a really good way to set you up for the new year. Great advice. Love it. Awesome. Well, hopefully that gets everybody um, a little motivated for the new year. And if anyone does have any 
questions about diet or um you know the, the wellness tips and we we do really encourage people to ask the questions so that we can cover those on the podcast <laughs>